All right, so welcome back. Um, so this afternoon we're going to get into more um, of how to actually work uh, with the judgments aside from this more reflective practice, how we actually deal with some of the real-time um, critic critical uh, statements, which I use, I use the word attack because, um, uh, because that often is what it is. When, 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 our, when we are judging ourselves in the ways that I've been talking about, it's not just a, oh, your car's a little messy today. It, it's, it, there's, there's more to it than that, right? Your car's a little messy today as in, you know, you're pathetic, you know. Right, get a life. You know, there's some, there's usually something implicit that is deeper than just the the mild statement, right? Which is uh, attacking. It's a slightly strong word, um, but it is often it is a strong uh, um, offense against our own worth, our goodness, our value, our, our humanness, our essence. Um, and so not to be taken lightly, we often, I think, take these slights from ourselves, these judgments, too lightly. And, that's, and we let them in. And we let them in, and we let them in. And they erode our sense of well-being. Does that sound familiar? Am I? Am I? Yeah. Most people are nodding, not everybody. but um. <clears throat> So, Say a little about what we normally do when the critic is operating. Our strategies to work with it. So, um, well, most times we don't even notice. Um, if we do notice, we don't do that much. We just listen and take it in and believe it and agree with it, as many people have said, or believe that we need that voice to motivate us. One way, uh, strategy that we get involved with a lot is we engage, we get engaged with the critic, not to get married, well, kind of, but we engage as in we get embroiled. And this is an an unhealthy engagement. And and I spoke to that, I alluded to that this morning in the Q&A about, uh, in reference to the lady's comments back there, uh, about um, how you know, I was hearing in what she was saying that she was basically doing things, domestic things, in order to appease her critic, in order to pander to its demands that she be more present to her kids or cook more or whatever. And um, the premise of that is that we've already given authority to the judge. We've already given enough wait and we're listening and we're trying to navigate and and move around maneuver around it so we don't incur its wrath right and i think we we often um uh <clears throat> do a lot of things to appease the critic whether it's tidy our room or tidy our house or what, whatever the outer circumstances are often it's because we don't want to have that wrath of the judge so um, when we engage, which means we've already given authority to the judge, one of the main things we do um, is we try to rationalize. 
we get defensive and say you know say you you get home from a hard busy day at work and you you realize you left the house in a mess and the first thought that comes up is a judgment like oh my god he's you know you're such a slob you never clean the house um or whatever and and we might rationalize we might defend ourselves saying well well, wait a minute but i you know i had a busy day and you know and my room's quite clean and you know i did do the dishes i just left chaos everywhere else but you know and we you know as we do we might rationalize when someone judges us or attacks us we we rationalize no but that might be true but you know here's all the other ways that i'm really okay right Again, as soon as we get into any kind of engagement like that, we've lost. We've lost the war, because you know, there's no, there's whatever we say, there'll be another counter argument that will probably be louder than ours and more insistent. So, um, <clears throat> so to engage means to give validity, give authority to that voice, to those thoughts. As Dustin Hoffman, who knows well, being an actor, about working with a critic, he said, a good review from the critic is just another stay of execution. <laughs> a good review from the critic. Oh, didn't you do well? You did really well. You got all these through your to-do list. Aren't you a good boy, good girl? Is another stay of execution because you know when you don't do that, when you don't perform to these internal standards and ideals, what will come out? Will we come out the, you know, the sword? So sometimes we engage, we get into this sort of wrestling where we counterattack the judge in a way, again, we're fighting with something that we've given authority to. And what I'll talk about in a minute is how we uh, take back that authority or not invest those words and voices with authority. Um, I've talked a little about this earlier, about um, one of the ways that we engage is that we believe what the critic is saying is true, which it can be, you know, and therefore we let it uh, continually uh, attack us or berate us because it because it's referring to something factually true that happened, right? So even though that extra barrage is unnecessary, we, we let it in because our guard is down because we feel like we're at fault. And then the, 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 the net effect of that is we, we absorb those judgments. We, we feel, as, a, as people were pointing to today, we feel collapsed, we feel sunken, we feel deficient, we feel small, etc. And then sometimes we beat ourselves up for judging ourselves. We judge ourselves for judging and then judge ourselves for judging that we're judging and it's all just a you know, shit show. So... Um, so some ways to work with the critic. So I have a long list. I think I created a handout. Did, did, yeah. Is there a handout that was that available somewhere? Okay, so you don't, don't need to look at that now because I'm not going to... Um, I have my own list which is slightly longer than that, but it, will, it, they, it overlaps. Um, so I'd rather you listen to me than read the sheet because you can read the sheet when you go home. Um, so... Um, the f- so so I'm going to walk through the bringing mindfulness and heart practices into working with the critic, as well as some more dynamic practices, which we'll get to play with this afternoon and have some fun with, hopefully. So the first, um, when we bring mindfulness to our thoughts, we're bringing, dis- we're bringing discernment between a judging thought and a non-judging thought. Right? That's the first line of inquiry 
right? To just become, become, to be, start to become really clear when we're judging versus when we're not judging, when we're not, when, when we're evaluating or discriminating or discerning without that emotionally laden, heavy tone to it. Right? So, um, you know, so, so some of the simple practices I've already mentioned where you can count your judgments or you can just say, after every time you judge, oh, judging. Right? So you start to highlight you want to highlight it and bring it into relief. You want to see how much and how pervasive the judgments are. So the power of mindfulness, and that's why it's important to have a mindfulness practice, is it's one of the one of its powerful qualities as I mentioned earlier, is it allows us to disidentify, which means we can be present in awareness to our thinking, to our judgments, and not be so caught in them. We just see, oh, thinking, there's judgments, and then we also tracking whether we're buying, believing, collapsing, or whatever ensues after that. So writing them down, so, so there's a recognition and then there's starting to inquire, what are these judgments? So we write them down like we did today. Very helpful. Gets us more objective. And then we do a little inquiry. You know, is, are, these, are these thoughts really true? What's, 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 the, what's the trigger for these thoughts? What's the impact? What's the payoff, etc.? We can do a replacing practice. So the loving-kindness practice is a replacing practice. We're replacing one set of thoughts with another set of thoughts. So the replacing practice could be something as simple as every time you notice a self-judgment, you say to yourself, and grass is green and the sky is blue. And you're pathetic, and the grass is green and the sky is blue. And you're never going to get your life together, and the earth is round, and stars are white, or whatever. And just, just some statement that is a bunch of words that helps you remind you this is a bunch of words except your words are hopefully a little more objectively true. But the meta practice is a more powerful replacing practice in that we're bringing a more wholesome, kinder, caring statement, which is, and it's not an affirmation, because an affirmation, which is also words, and, it, and you could use an affirmation, but sometimes we don't actually believe the affirmation, so then therefore I doubt its strength. So, um, but sometimes that can work. So replacing practice with metta, with love and kindness, is just saying a phrase, you know, however you know, whatever the judgment is, you're never going to get your life together, you're always a loser, and may I be happy. And you're a terrible meditator, and may I be peaceful. And, you know, on it goes. Um, so, you know, you could say an affirmation like, you know, if the if the critic, particularly in the form of, you know, like, you're just not smart enough. You're just not clever enough. And you say something like, and I'm enough. I'm enough just as I am. Right? The difference between the, the love and kindness statement and the affirmation is that the, the meta statement is aspirational. May you be happy. May I be safe. May I be well. And the, and the, the, um, the um, what's the word I just used? Affirmation. The affirmation. Um, we may not believe it. So 
Um, so it has some, it can have some insubstantiality to it. Because if we really don't believe that we're enough, saying I'm enough, I don't think does much, actually. So better than, but, but better than saying I'm not enough. <laughs> so better than that. Um, so, so that's some of the, sort of the mindfulness realm where we can just enter, identify, be clear, notice, replace. And then, um, and then a little more inquiry to understand the history of the voice. Understand, it's really helpful to know whose voice it is. Because it's often not ours. Well, it, it is ours now, but where did it come from? And it usually has some origin. Father, mother, church, synagogue, uh, school teacher, sibling, adolescent peer, friend, uh, culture, you know, the media culture of beauty and fashion and all of that stuff. But but it helped them, and sometimes it's very clear, and it's really helpful to go. Oh, this is really this is my mother's voice. This is what she used to say when I was bad, when I was you know disruptive or playful or messy or you know. And this is my father's voice when you know I didn't get good enough grades. You know, try harder, not smart enough. Yada yada yada. So um, when we see when we can see the origin, it helps unhook. The, the authority a little bit, or can do. And those voices, you know, and we may even remember an incident where that particular voice stream came from. You know, or we remember one incident that's symbolic of the way we talk to ourselves. Right? So I had a, worked with a student here who um, was had a very difficult childhood. She had... Um, spinal injuries and uh, um, genetic condition, a lot of physical trauma as a child and was in hospital a lot. She was in a steel cage and just very, very harsh uh, conditions. And it was very hard for the family because it was, it was a lot to take care of. They didn't have much money. Um, and her mother was, um, uh, well, challenged. And... Um, she overheard her mother saying that it would have been better had she had died. And, um, and so that voice, those words, actually I think she said that to her face, um, those words you know, became part of her critical thought structure you know, of being unworthy, of being unlovable. Um, and it also created a tremendous tenacity and strength in her to say to she was going to prove them wrong. Um, but so to, to sometimes we have these traumatic incidents or moments or memories that you know are deep uh, sources for the judge. So another um, interesting response to the critic is to say how it feels when you hear those words. So. Um, you know, say, you know, maybe your judge says, you know, you're a loser, you know, or you're unlovable, or you're just not good enough, period. You know, sometimes it helps just to say, ow, that really hurts. As if, as if somebody was saying that to you in real time, which can happen. 
and and you would respond in in with word with with saying talking about how that impacts you um and again it's a way of disengaging and uh shifting the allegiance from the critical voice to the one who's receiving the hurtful words so this is ow that hurts please don't talk to me like that just a way of simple conversation And so an extension of that, as, we, as we're t- shifting it, the allegiance from the voice to the, the one who's receiving, to then bring a more compassionate uh, attention. Right? So compassion is when the heart is open and turns towards pain, turns towards our s- distress, our sorrow. So when we're feeling the impact physically, emotionally, viscerally, energetically, mentally, of those words that can evoke just as just as if you were witnessing someone else who was being treated in a cruel way which the judgment is the judge is often cruel right we would feel some compassion and you we I mean sometimes you might be witness to children being talked to in very harsh cruel ways right and you would feel that sense of care or concern right and we want to bring that same quality to ourselves when that's happening So, and then there's some more active um, practices. And one dimension of compassion is fierce compassion. So, the, you know, I think of the, the, the metaphor of the protective, uh, uh, you know, mother bear protecting her cubs, right? When, when mother bear detects a threat or a predator, She's not sitting around all smiley, nicey, nicey. She's fierce, right? You ever been around a bear with young cubs? You want to be really careful because they're fiercely protective as, as they should be. And so um, at times we want to bring that fierceness into our own inner experience. And uh, that may look like just saying no, like enough of these words, stop, I'm not hearing this anymore. Right? So we're speaking directly to that part of our mind that's you know, harassing on our case about something. And at times, this is not a you know, use it everyday strategy, but we can say stop, like enough. And at times we have the power to halt that to raiding voice, it doesn't always work. None of these strategies always work, but it's good. To, I call this the the the, the critic tool, toolkit. Right? You want to use a variety of different things, just like whenever we're suffering, right? Where you want to use a variety of things: mindfulness, kindness, and awareness, and forgiveness, and all these things. So, um, so we're 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 putting a stake in the ground, saying no, stop. Just as if we would if someone was on our case, you'd say like, back off, enough. I heard it the first time. Thank you. Not interested. Sometimes with inquiry, it's useful to, to ask what is what is behind the judgment. You know what is what was the trigger, and what emotional vulnerability is present that's causing the critic to get active. You know? So um, you know maybe you're at work and you get some. Uh, critical feedback about your performance or presentation or something you've done. And the critic, that can be an easy 
uh, trigger for the critic because it's vulnerability. This is your work and, and your boss is unhappy or you get a bad performance review. You know, there's some, there's some risk to your livelihood perhaps. So in that vulnerability, that's also a good launch pad for the critic. Not wanting to feel the, the vulnerability uh, moves into attack, moves into an, a, a, a tirade that's in the movement of self-protection but actually goes towards self-harm. Does that make sense? You follow me? So for me, the most effective strategy, and I've spoken about this quite a bit this morning, is humor. Right? If we can find some way to have lightness, humor, sarcasm, irony, wit, playfulness, anything in that realm, because when we can find the lightness or the humor, we're not so engaged, we're not so embroiled. Right? So, um, so I remember when I was on retreat uh, a lot, as in my early years of practice, I was doing a lot of long retreats, and my judge came with me because you know that's, they tend to kind of follow you around. And of course, it was very critical about my meditation, about my practice, and about the retreat, and. Um, and in my life, and what was I doing with my life, sitting on retreats all the time, and not getting on with it, and you know. And I used to imagine the judge with this, you know, the English judges, they still wear these gray wigs, you know, with a big uh, gavel, and bad, wrong, bad meditator, you know. So I sort of hammered up a little bit, you know, like this very dour, stern British judge. Um, uh, sometimes uh, exaggerating, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I am actually the worst meditator in the world. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, and, and, and the worst teacher too, apparently. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I really am the worst. And so you just play with exaggerating it in a way that's light. I mean, if you believe it, then it doesn't work. But you have to have a, some, a little space that you're not quite the worst meditator in the world. Otherwise, that's just more judgment. Um so, and, and sarcasm. Now, you were talking about sarcasm. Do you want to say what, how you, you were describing? Yeah, I use John Cleese a lot. John Cleese. <laughs> and another British comedian, but John Cleese is probably the one that you would know the best. All right. And then in, in, in sarcasm. Yeah. And, and we would go, brilliant, of course. Of course you took the long lane. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of go that way. And when I do that, I actually see some humor in it. Yeah. Yeah. So sarcasm, uh, yeah. So f- so for me, my my one of my um, retorts is, uh, you know, like I'm forever, not forever, but often losing my keys, or you know, you know, you're about to leave the house, and I tend to cut it fine. So I'm running around, and where's my cell phone? And uh, and uh, and then the thought comes up: Oh, Mister Mindfulness wins the day again. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Mindfulness teacher forgot his keys, lost his wallet. <laughs> Shows up at the movies without his money, or <laughs> and oh, Mr. Mindfulness, oh, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> so, or just knowing, you know, like knowing, we all have these places where our critic comes up, right? Maybe we, you know, trip over in public, or we, you know, forget something, or you know, we lose our keys, or what? What is some little, you know, our house is a mess, or whatever. Or we're parenting, and. We're being self-conscious because other parents are watching as parent, and um, so we know we get to know where the cues for our critic. So for me, it's often hitting traffic, coming here, 
um, or forgetting things, uh, double booking, that's one of my favorites, and, um, or not putting it in the calendar in the first place, that also happens. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, the critic comes up on cue, you know, especially around calendar stuff. And, uh, and it says, uh, and I say, oh, well, no, actually, normally, I, the first one I hear is, like, oh, please, oh, please, really? <laughs> is this really going to be helpful? Um, and, uh, and then uh, I'll usually say, oh, thank you. Thank you for your opinion. This is one of Jack's, Jack's lines. Thank you for your opinion. Why didn't you go bother somebody else? Um, so, and then there's a Tai Chi move, which is agreeing with the critic. Like, because often uh, some of our sort of intra-psychic processes, you know, just like in, in relationship, require tension. So if, you know, some, you know if you, when you're around combative people, they'd like you to push, push back. And so the critic often is, is in that mode where um, uh, there's an expectation of we're going to be defensive or rationalize. And if we just say, yeah, you're right, the house is a mess. Oh, and my car's a mess too, and I forgot to return those calls and those emails. Yep, you're right. And when we agree, rather than like, no, 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 well, at least I did the, polish the floor, at least I, you know, cleaned the teacups or something. You know, when we get out of that defensive mode and just, oh, yeah, yeah, that meditation was really a shambles, wasn't it? Yep, you're right. You're right, and it probably will be tomorrow. Thank you. So you're kind of like, you're, you're taking the wind out of the sails by just like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was a really terrible uh, presentation. Yeah. Oh, well, let's do better next time. Right, so there's a lightness in it, and there's a there's a uh, not worrying about what it has to say, really. So um, I've mixed some of these these uh, these processes up. So the next one I have is uh, inquiry, which is really part of this process here. You know, going through these um, the questions: these uh, is it true? How, do, how can we know that it's true? Uh, as Brian Katie says, can you think of one? positive reason for holding on to that thought that I'm an unworthy person? Can I think of one good reason for holding on to a view I am not enough? Is there one good reason? Maybe you think it's going to motivate you. Maybe that might be a reason for you. But if we look deeply, is there really a positive reason for holding on to a judgment that no one's going to love you? So to inquire in that way, And I think, uh, ultimately, what I think is a really healthy orientation that we're moving towards is to become disinterested. So all these strategies of awareness, of recognition, of replacing, of being playful, of light, of um, allowing things to move through, we're moving towards, um, again, back to this framework of not giving authority or energy or power to the critic, we're ultimately looking towards being disinterested. So, you know, as I've said, we all have our cues, our trigger points, whether it's vulnerability or a messy house or, you know, rejection for a job application or whatever it is. Um, We want to cultivate that orientation of not being that interested what it has to say. 
Because one, you've heard it a million times before. Two, it's not necessarily very objective um, or helpful. So it's a bit like um, Ramdas has this story about his personality. That his personality, um, you know, you know, there's this kind of misconception in spiritual teachings that we're supposed to get rid of the ego, right? And, you know, and as he rightly said, there's no getting rid of the ego. We need the ego structure to function. But I don't. Or, I mean, he was either referring to that or the personality, and he was speaking to this idea of. You know, over time, our, our sort of egoic personality takes less and less uh, attention or management or self-development and slowly becomes small and small like a little yapping dog that follows you around that you don't really you know, give that much attention to. And it's a bit like the critic. The critic doesn't necessarily go away. It can do. I've definitely experienced long periods of quietude from my critic and then be quite surprised when some chain of events, it comes back again. I say, oh... I thought, I thought we'd said goodbye a long time ago. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> what do you got to say this time? And, um, but for the most part, not being that interested in what it has to say. As um, the, the composer Sibelius once wrote, it's actually on his stature, I believe, somewhere in Austria, I think. Pay no attention to what the critics say. A statue has never been erected in honor of a critic. Which is very true. Okay, so there's some strategies for working with the critic. And you have a list uh, of your own. And so this is where we get to the fun part. Because we're going to practice. So how this works is we're going to take our lovely list, our cherished list, our top 10 highlights, hits, which as some of you said, sometimes there are a lot of, there are a lot of words about you know, one or two things, or two core things. And we're going to practice what's called defending yourself against the critic. <clears throat> so we'll do this real time, because when we practice, again, with the support, the loving support and the presence of another, um, who's going to role-play your critic, going to role-play the judgments that you've written down, and you're going to practice using some of these uh, defending strategies, whether it's simply observing with mindfulness, with naming it, with speaking your truth of how that hurts, of feeling the pain of it, of using sarcasm and humor, of exaggerating it, of agreeing with it, Tai Chi move, of disinterest, of challenging the authority, saying, who are you to cast this judgment? Or use the fierceness, stop, go away, enough, or whatever expletives you would like to use is fine by me. Um, It's really good to practice in the car when no one's listening and you can just tell it where to go. Um, Or you can use loving kindness statements, Meta replacement practices. You can have compassion for the pain underneath the judgment, compassion for yourself with this whole process, um, etc. You know, or whatever other strategies that you may use. So how it looks is that you get into groups of two. Partner A, partner B. Partner A will share, okay, I want to work on this statement. So don't 
trying to don't choose your most heavy, burdensome. You know, I'm a piece of shit. You know, um, uh, choose. You know, like you know, I don't know what's you know. So mine would be you know you're, you're so disorganized. You know, you're never going to get organized. So, so partner B, role playing the judge. You want to role play? Okay, so you can be my critic. Okay, so let me get a mic. <clears throat> so my my, I'll work with the judgment. You're so disorganized. Or variations on a theme. So you can. So as the as the support person who's being the critic, right? Um, mostly repeat back the phrase, but you know you can take a little creative liberty with the. The phrase, and you know, as the critic might, you know, you know, say, you know, you know, you're so disorganized, and you'll say, no, thank you, that's really helpful, but not really. And the critic might say, but you are, like, let me tell you the ways, or you know, I mean, you really are disorganized, you know. So it might e- extrapolate a little bit. Um, and so then, partner A, who's working on their particular judgment, their work is to. Uh, Use some kind of defending strategy, and the 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 success of the defending strategy is when you hear the judgment and it doesn't sting, it doesn't land, it doesn't like, ooh, right, yeah, I really am a bad person. Like, you know, you know when it lands because it's like, ooh, you know, you feel that energetic, physical, ooh, yeah, right, that's right, I believe it, and I suck, right? Um, so use whatever strategy works keep it short keep it concise keep it light if you can and and just keep so your partner partner b will in this case keep repeating the judgment until you feel like yeah no that's actually i don't that's not sticking so much or if you find the the one you've chosen like is just going right into an arrow like a dagger into the heart then say you know let's let's choose a lighter one let's start with you know my house is a mess, or whatever, you know, something, you know. can never make the perfect cup of coffee in the morning, you know. Um, so I just want to make sure that I know what I'm yes. supposed to do. I'm supposed to continue <clears throat> to say, oh, you're, you're, yes. you're so disorganized. Yes. You really have a problem. Yes, thank you, yes. <laughs> 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 so, um, and you, Given that we're this, you know, given we're in a critic workshop, you'll probably be quite good in the role-playing role of being a critic. <laughs> so, and we can have some fun with this. This is a kind of an exercise. So, so let's so we go. So, so you start with my judgment. <clears throat> Mike, uh, you're 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 really disorganized. I know it's true. I am quite disorganized. You you're need right. to do something about it. Really? <laughs> Keep going. Um, what can you do about this disorganization? No, that's too off track. So stay mostly with the, with the, the accusative, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you are really disoriented. Disorganized. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. Thank you for helping me. It's really helpful. I mean, it's really... Really, a problem. I know. I know. It's terrible. (laughs) 
keep going. I'll try, I'll try and use a few other strategies just to, because this is my, you can see what my chosen strategy is. So keep going. When are you going to get your act together? But please, I, I'm just so not interested. Like, can you go bug somebody else? Um, you're a teacher. You need to be more organized. I you know. You need to be an example. I know. Thank you. You keep helping me. That's so great. Now go away. <laughs> Cut the mic. Cut the <laughs> so, okay. So I wasn't using such a variety of um, <laughs> strategies. Um, so, but you could, you know, you could start with just, uh-huh, noticing, and then, you know, just, just play with them. Um, and you just play with the one that feels right. And you, you, you might, and you might just have one with like, shut up, like, stop, like, no, no, I'm not interested. No, no, go, like, it might be very simple like that. Just back off, not interested, go away. Or you might be a whole range of things from humor to lightness, etc. Kindness. Kindness, Yeah. Kindness, compassion, all of it. What, what, it doesn't matter what you use. What you're looking for is you no longer feel the sting of the judgment. And, and it sort of like washes off like Teflon. Right? So we're cultivating Teflon body armor here in relationship to the critic. Right? Does that make sense? Any questions about how to do that? Yes? So how does the critic know when to stop? <laughs> so, so, the, so in this case, me, who's... You know, who's getting support to work with my judgment? When I feel like, okay, that's you know, like that, it's so when they tell us yeah, okay. yeah. So um, and then so we stop and then we switch roles. Okay. So then she would then say, oh, I got I got this judgment about not feeling smart enough. Okay, so I say, okay, you know, and I role play, and she comes, and she defends, and then when that feels done, then we keep switching. Yeah, so you might get through two or three. Um, yes, question. So, what if you find something correct about the judgment? Yeah, then you just say, well, you're right, that's true. Yep, yep, uh huh, great, great, thanks, thanks for pointing that out. Yep, 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 I'm lazy, yep, that could be true, yep. Anything else? So, you were not, we're not trying to avoid that this might be true, you yeah? because sometimes it is, you know, the critic's not stupid, it's you know, some, you know, kind of. It's not very wise, but it's you know, it can point out some things that are quite obvious. You know. Anything else? Yes. <clears throat> so, one has a, a view of oneself that has been going on for years and years and years. Um, and you say that we have to really examine it, look at it, inquiry. Um, and what if all of this is dodging the truth of who we really are? I mean, if this becomes a way around or rather than a way of deferring or um, making light of it and, and allowing us to really take a look at it, what if this is just so okay, th- this is this is uh, helpful. So just in terms of the context, so the bigger context is as a human being when we when we're on a path 
where we're becoming more conscious, trying to wake up, do our inner work, psychological, whatever kind of work we're doing, the critic, the mechanism of the critic, as I said earlier today, it just puts the lid on any kind of process, inquiry, reflection. Because if as soon as it comes and says, you're bad, you're wrong, you're stupid, you messed up, there's not a lot of room for inquiry and for understanding and reflection, right? There's just, oh, right, I'm bad and I'm a loser and there's not really much discussion, right? Just like if that was hurled in a conversation, there's not, not much room, not, not much place to go. So what the defending strategies are primarily ways we can get the cloud of the critic that's often like this, Right, that's very much omnipresent, follows us around. We want to get in a psychic space, right? So you want to have the critic be a little more on the periphery and not kind of like drumming down every five minutes, right? Where there's no space to breathe, there's no space to feel, there's no space to inquire, and there's no space to kind of live your life in the fullness and the individual expression that you are. So that's what we're doing, yeah? You know, there's always deep inquiry and reflection work to do once we've cleared the space like huh you know we might take that issue and go huh organization that that is an interesting issue and i'm really organized in some areas and i really am not in others and i think it's because i don't care about that stuff you know it's just not that important to me and the critics right to point out yeah there's some areas in my life i'm really disorganized but i really don't give a shit you know because actually where it really matters i really take care of business and these other areas, they're just not important. That actually, this is a true story. I, I hired a consultant because I, I always have multiple streams of work. I have a very complex life and travel and different organizations that I'm running. And I, I, I had the constant feeling that I wasn't organized enough because there was always so many balls, as there still is so many balls that, I, that I'm you know, running trainings and courses in Europe and here. And there's a lot in you know, a mostly one-man business. And she came in and I was trying to get some cohesion with my work and, and to assess this organization. And, and she said, she said, you're not disorganized. You're really organized. You could not handle five or six businesses running at the same time and not be really, dis, not be really organized. It's just that there are things that fall through the cracks that are not important to you or the business. You let, so you let them kind of dangle a little bit. And that's where you're taking your frame of reference that you're a disorganized person because there are some things that fall through the net. But the important stuff, well, the, the major things that are happening are actually running really well. So it's actually a really interesting reframe for me to do some inquiry around. Well, I, so that view, I'm disorganized, is actually not accurate. There are certain areas I choose not to give a lot of attention to that could benefit from more attention. But for whatever reason, probably time and interest, I don't. And therefore, so that's 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 where the inquiry comes. Once that view of you're disorganized, and that kind of you know, it's like, what do you do with that? Okay, I'm disorganized. Uh, okay, I'm a failure. So you're clearing the decks, so you have some space to look at what's really going. On. Does that make sense? Okay. So um, um, yes, is it burning? Is it about this exercise? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's really, uh, when I say compassion for the, it, it's really compassion, well, the most important place to bring the compassion is to oneself, 
right? So when the, when you when you're being attacked by judgments, you want to bring compassion to the pain that it's evoking here, right? And we can also at times feel the vulnerability from which the tr- the, the the critic arose out from, right? And with the vulnerability, there's usually pain and some wounding there. Right? So we can also ex- feel into some compassion for that. But in this exercise, we're not, we're not exploring that level of subtlety. It's more like, go away, stop, yes, I'm terrible, hallelujah, I love myself, go away, thank you, have a nice day. Right? That we're more doing that kind of work, just creating space. Yeah. Okay, so get yourself into groups of two. Uh, raise your hand if you don't have a partner. We'll do this for about 20 minutes. I'll ring a bell. And... Have fun. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.